everyone. Welcome to the Psychology of Dating podcast. My name is Nadine Newkirk. I'm a clinical psychologist and dating coach. Today I'm going to be talking to you about attachment styles and how they relate to dating. Before I start on that, I want to share with you a free guide available at my website titled Top 3 Mindset Shifts in Dating. This identifies three core unhelpful beliefs which can really hinder someone's dating experience, prevent them from getting where they want to, for example, a long-term relationship or starting a family. One of the beliefs that the guide covers is when someone thinks something is wrong with me, I'm unlovable. And this is a really common thought that has come up in um, therapy sessions, in dating coaching sessions that I've done. And when this belief comes up, it makes it really scary and hard to go out dating because it feels like, okay, my friends love me, they want to hang out with me, but if someone truly gets to know me, if I get into a relationship, then no one will like me, that I'm unlovable. And it feels like every time a date ends, it feels like every time it doesn't work out, that that's more confirmation that, see, there's something wrong with me. Other people can have a relationship So there must be something lovable about them and not me. This belief, as you can see, would be very hurtful. It's really painful and it can be really set in the mind where it just feels like a fact. So this guide is to help people to have some flexibility in thinking, to start to chip away from those core unhelpful beliefs. I'll put a link in the episode show notes for you. So let's get into talking about attachment styles. Now this is maybe a term that you've heard before, maybe not. Attachment is really fundamental to knowing how we form relationships, how we maintain them, um, different dynamics that come out. For example, in dating, it can guide who we're attracted to. Our attachment style can help us connect with people or it can hinder connections. And it can also lead to repetitive dynamics that play out, which could be if someone's really interested or excited in someone and then they notice that that person seems excited and then pulls away. They're not messaging as much or they're kind of cancelling a date and maybe they're just about to say, okay, maybe this person isn't for me. And then that person comes back and then they start to replay that dynamic over and over again. I hope with this episode that you can get some more understanding about your unique attachment style. And in that, you can get to know what are your so-called superpowers and what are some areas where you might have challenges and you might want to work on. And once we've got awareness, we can consciously decide to change any habits that we wish without doing things where we're more impulsive or habitual or not even realizing that we might be doing things such as self-sabotaging. To begin, let's think of where attachment theory originates. It's a psychological theory and also an evolutionary theory. It helps explain how humans connect to other human beings. For example, if we think of children, they've shown that there's diversity in the way that people attach to their parents, and this helps us survive. If you have a really caring, stable, consistent parent who provides in terms of practical things like shelter and food, but also emotional support, 
it makes sense as a child that you would be more adapted to go to that parent for support, that you would feel safe to go to them to express anything that you feel, and you would, when you have a stressful event, you would want to go to them. On the other hand, if you had a parent who maybe wasn't as stable and you couldn't go to for support, maybe they had their own mental health difficulties, maybe there was a trauma background, or maybe they had a chronic health condition, for whatever reason they weren't available maybe physically or emotionally, it's not as adaptive then to rely on that parent. It could have been more adaptive to have more independence, to not want to open up as much emotionally because it would be too painful. So there's different ways to, from the very early ages of life, to adapt and attach to parents. And this then forms your blueprint of how you know relationships. Meaning that your attachment style from childhood can later translate to dating and future relationships. I'm going to be going over three key attachment styles in this episode. You might notice that there's actually quite a lot of different attachment terms out there. For simplicity's sake, I'm going to be talking about anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, and secure attachment. Anxious attachment. This is where someone has the superpower of high emotional sensitivity. They're very adept at emotions. They can feel them even the subtle ones, they notice other people's emotions and they can really easily notice if there's a change in a relationship dynamic, which is great because they can pick up issues when they're a smaller thing rather than when they're, you know, turned into a giant volcano. For example, someone with anxious attachment might notice if their partner comes home and they say that they're fine, but they notice subtle things like, the tone of their voice, or maybe they're doing different habits at home, whereas maybe someone else might not notice that. With anxious attachment, the nervous system feels most safe and calm when there's closeness and connection with another person. So this could be physical closeness, being able to see someone more frequently, and also emotional closeness, like maybe having someone regularly and consistently send text messages. And if there's any perceived or real distance in the relationship, maybe someone has put less smiley faces in a text message, maybe they haven't replied as quickly as usual, then the nervous system fires up and anxiety spikes. And then when they have contact with the person again, when they seems to be stable again, then the nervous system calms down. Some areas for people with anxious attachment to work on is knowing how to assert yourself, and also building confidence, building self-esteem. For people with anxious attachment, they can have the superpower of noticing when there's a subtle change in a relationship dynamic, like a partner comes home and they have a slight frown on their face. However, the downside is that emotions can be highly activated, which means the amygdala, the threat detector center of the brain, is active. And this then makes it harder to think objectively to not over-personalize situations. For example, if someone with high anxious attachment might notice someone frown when they come home and think they uh, want to break up with me, something's wrong, their mind goes to these worst case scenarios. And when our 
brain and our body is flooded with high intense emotions, it can be really hard to speak up and assert our needs. So for example, if that person really needed to talk about a difficult day they had or wanted to ask their partner to please text more frequently, that makes me feel more comfortable. If the amygdala is firing, the threat detector, it'll tell them, if I bring this up, the other person's going to think it's too much, that I'm being a burden, that I'm being too needy or emotional, and they won't want to speak up at all. So a key skill with anxious attachment is to be able to get to understand your own emotions and at the same time have tools to help calm down the emotion, not to get rid of it, but so it feels manageable so you can think clearly at the same time and be able to speak up about your needs, set boundaries as needed. Then we have avoidant attachment style. So this is an attachment style where people still want the same closeness as someone who has anxious attachment style. However, their nervous system works quite differently where they feel most comfortable and stable when they've got a sense of independence and separation from other people. And their nervous system flares up, makes them feel really uncomfortable if there's perceived or too much closeness, whether it's physical or emotional. For example, in dating, maybe someone goes on a few initial dates with someone, it's going well, they see that person once a week, it feels manageable, they're still able to go to work and do their hobbies and see their friends. However, maybe after the third date, the person that they're seeing says, hey, I'd love to go on a weekend away. You know, why don't we take a Monday off? Let's do a long weekend. And suddenly, the body feels really uncomfortable. There might even not be kind of awareness of, I don't know if it's this person or I'm just feeling uncomfortable. Maybe, you know, I should end dates altogether. Or maybe I'll kind of ghost the person and not reply quickly. Um, and maybe then if we say, no, 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 I don't want to do that weekend and don't speak to that person for a couple of weeks, that distance then allows the nervous system to settle. And maybe it feels more comfortable then to reach out and hang out again if it's in a dose that feels comfortable at that time. So the superpower for people with avoidant attachment is they are really good at having that sense of self and independence which is vital for a healthy relationship. Uh, we need to have balance in areas, whether it's health, spirit, spirituality, religion, hobbies, friends, family, work, education. It's good to have energy and time spent in lots of those different areas as well as doing a relationship. However, with avoidant attachment, it can also hinder their possibility of getting into a relationship when they really want one. Sometimes there might be a bit of self-sabotaging behaviours where they actually like the person, but because their nervous system flares up and they get anxious, they might just suddenly withdraw. And that could actually make the person they're dating more anxious and they might have more intense emotions and, you know, have more difficult conversations. And then, you know, they're ending up in arguments or they just suddenly prematurely end a relationship when maybe it could have been healthy in the long run if both people had um, effective communication. For example, someone with avoidant attachment, it's really important to be able to speak up about what your needs are and have compassion and care to reach out to the other person. So saying, you know, I'd really love to hang out again, 
this weekend it's really important for me to have that golf weekend however how about we hang out next Friday night that kind of communicates that hey I still like you and also I need a bit of space and a bit of me time lastly I want to talk about secure attachment so people who relate to this attachment style might find that they have a nervous system that feels settled both with closeness with other people and when they have independence that it is more easy to speak up and assert themselves because they have less firing of the amygdala which means they don't have such intense overwhelming flooding emotions and they also have the ability to clearly communicate their needs so there's less confusion in relationships with others they can navigate it more easily now you might actually find that you can have a leniency to an attachment style in different areas of your life you might find that in friendships you relate more to secure attachment that you've had long-term healthy fulfilling friendships over time and maybe in the area of romance you might lean towards a bit of a different attachment style maybe anxious or avoidant or maybe you switch a bit sometimes between the two it's important to know that there's nothing wrong with any attachment style every attachment style developed for a very important and specific reason and it was likely very functional and adaptive early in life and maybe now in future relationships there's some new skills or some new habits to build to shift your patterns so you can reach your goals in dating and the main thing is to one get awareness of your attachment style and have compassion non-judgment towards it so really get to know there's some superpowers some strengths and how you can use those to your advantage and then also being aware compassionately of some of the challenges that you might have with that awareness you can learn to build skills you can fill your toolbox up so when you get into certain dating situations you'll know what to do you're not just blindsided or you're not just doing the old habits so you're in the same pattern over and over again okay everyone thank you so much for listening My name's Nadine and this was the Psychology of Dating podcast.